Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. Kingdom-minded, living empowered. Listen, what happens when your alarm goes off in the morning? If you're like many of us, your first thoughts are not usually of the inspired kind. Most of the time we wake up with a certain level of animosity aimed toward both the noise that woke us up and the responsibilities that require us to get out of bed. But what if you woke up every morning with an unquenchable fire that can never be extinguished, even if it does dim to a flicker at times? What if you woke up like royalty? One emperor of Rome recognized the power of this mindset. He said, when you arise in the morning, think of what a precious privilege it is to be alive, to breathe, to think, to enjoy, to love. But what would it look like for you to live on mission in such a way that every morning you left your bed with purpose, with intention, with inspiration, with kingdom consciousness for whatever the day ahead might entail. If you're a follower of Jesus, there's no other way to live. Think about it. Do you know what the most prevalent theme of the Bible is? The common guesses would likely be things like love, redemption, gospel, grace, covenant, Christ himself. Now, these are all good guesses, but none take the throne of number one. The most pervasive and prevalent theme of the Bible that's seen in 57 of the 66 books, that's 86%, as none other than kingdom. God as king and the kingdom of God is the grand overarching theme unifying all of scripture. While this theme is made complete through God's glory, his redemption, his grace, his promises, and all the other wonderful realities of scripture, the whole is encapsulated in the synthesizing idea of kingdom. King, kingdom, reign, and throne are found over 3,000 times in the Old Testament in Hebrew and is found over 160 times in the New Testament in Greek. Jesus himself 
was given many titles as king, such as the king of Israel, the king of the Jews, the king of kings, the king of ages, immortal, invisible, and the king of nations. The testimony of Revelation conclusively and emphatically proclaims this reality in Revelation eleven fifteen, where it says, the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Amen. John MacArthur summarized this understanding well when he said, from before the beginning until after the end, from the beginning to the end, both in and beyond time and space, God appears as the ultimate king. God is central to and the core of all things eternal and temporal. The kingdom of God convincingly qualifies as the unifying theme of scripture. And I quoted him directly. This is no small matter to God. And it definitely is not a hidden aspect of scripture. With a plethora of themes and aspects of God's truth displayed throughout the Bible, it's easy to overlook something as seemingly secondary as kingdom. But there is real power in seeing and recognizing the dominant theme of kingdom and by understanding the implications that flow from that reality. Listen, friends, for too many years, the kingdom of God has not been emphasized. But we have a role in all of this. Living in and for the kingdom of God is a powerful concept. By having this reality invade our hearts and minds each morning when we awake, we will be empowered to live the lives God has called us to simply by understanding our present role and reality, and that's important. As followers of and believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to be living lives in and for the kingdom of God. We are both heirs with Christ, which is in Romans 8, 17, and brothers, sisters, friends with Jesus, which is found in John 15, 15, in this kingdom that he now reigns over while he's seated on his throne in heaven. My, 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 hallelujah. Being granted adoption and acceptance into the royal family of God in his kingdom, we have been given duties. We have a responsibility to steward the ways he has individually gifted us and where he has called us to here on earth. You can see these in several ways, for example. Number one, duties as part of the body of Christ demonstrated by the early church in Acts 
two, being baptized, teaching, and being taught. We talk about fellowship, participation in communion, praying, serving one another, praising God, sharing the gospel. Number two, duties given by Jesus in John 17 and Matthew 28. Fulfillment of scripture, our joy fulfilled through Christ, to be in the world but not of the world, unity with one another in Christ, receiving and sharing the love of Christ with each other. The Great Commission, for example, to go and make disciples of many nations, baptizing them and teaching them what Christ has commanded. And the third one is duties given by the Spirit through Paul in Ephesians 4. Being characterized by humility, gentleness, patience, love, long-suffering, bearing each other's burden, maintaining unity in the Spirit, using your spiritual gift and well, speaking the truth in love, building and edifying one another up in Christ, putting off the old self, and putting on Christ, kindness, tender-hearted toward each other, forgiving each other as God and Christ has forgiven us. These are some of the areas where we can see that, that the gifts that he has given to us and the duties that we have in the kingdom as followers of Jesus Christ. Now, while the roles and responsibilities given to us are commonly understood, the reality of living in and for the kingdom is commonly overlooked. So just like the theme itself is pervasive, the reality of living this very day in the kingdom of God while here on earth and in expectation of the coming kingdom of God in heaven, this reality can drastically shape your outlook and approach in all of life. When the alarm goes off in the wee hours of the morning, we are hit by a wave of to-dos, things to remember, meeting schedule, conversations, and work that must be done. Although these are important parts of life, yes, life that, yes they are, they can serve as distractions to our highest calling and our ultimate reality as children of God and heirs with Christ. Mm. When we maintain an understanding and an awareness of God's kingdom, which is living kingdom-minded, being kingdom conscious, we will experience several effects. Listen to these. We will experience empowerment, which is like, having an understanding of our royal heritage as a result of our adoption through Christ. That empowers us to live as the kingdom heirs we are. This is added motivation to live as Christ has called us to live, not just because of what he has done to accomplish our new and present reality, but also because of the prestige and honor that's been bestowed upon us. Listen, our assignment, knowing that we are living in and for God's kingdom helps us to understand we are to daily live 
the king, Jesus, the daily serve. We are to daily, excuse me, we are to daily serve the king, Jesus Christ, who reigns over us in this kingdom. We are to daily serve him. We are on assignment from him because he has redeemed us. And it's our duty to live in response to his redeeming work on the cross and his sovereign reign over those of us who are living in his kingdom right now and in the kingdom of heaven, which is to come. Let's talk about stewardship, being good stewards of all that Christ has gifted us within God's kingdom. That should be the driving force of our lives. There's nothing that will provide more motivation to obey God's commands and Christ's example than the gift of new life and of our royal heritage. There is nothing he hasn't given us. Therefore, there should be nothing in our own lives that we withhold, withhold, withhold from him. Gratitude. When you are adopted into a, a family and lived with kingdom consciousness, you deeply understand the reality that you did nothing to deserve it. My Lord, mm, I like that. Knowing we have been adopted into God's kingdom should fill us with the immense and eternal gratitude, a, a, a gratefulness that allows us to accept any and every earthly circumstance with joy because we know what kingdom we are a part of and we know who our true king is that we serve. And there is no king who can ever reign as perfectly and justly as Jesus, who is our Lord and Savior. Now let's mention clarity. Ultimately, living kingdom-minded provides clarity. I'm going to say that again. Living kingdom-minded provides clarity. It creates a piercing vision of our eternal reality that's paired with our present state. Now, both of these are tied to living in and for the kingdom. It's living under that kingdom reality here on earth while having the future hope and expectation of the kingdom of heaven to come. This kind of empowering, this empowering, empowering and captivating vision removes the invasive distractions that daily try to rob us of our heritage and change our identity from kingdom-minded to self-focused, personal demigods of our own chosen reality. The last one is perspective. The simple reality of living kingdom-minded is that it serves as the needed perspective 
to keep us in proper alignment with God and his reign over our lives. That's necessary. That's important. This perspective is a needed reminder because far too often we begin to assume his throne and live our lives lives as if we are God, a God, a God of our own. Living with an awareness and understanding the kingdom of God helps us maintain the understanding that we are not the king, but God is. Unfortunately, that's a reminder we will need throughout our entire earthly lives, saints. Living in and for the kingdom is transformative. It's a mindset that should drastically change the way we live our day-to-day lives. It's a mindset that needs to be a consistent outlook, the perspective that guides our decisions, our actions, and our affections all toward our true king, who is Jesus Christ. This is our identity, and now it's our job to embrace that identity and live in it. God bless you. Have a great, great, great day.